Hello and welcome to the Improvement Nerds Podcast, where we host conversations about the things that nerd us out. The idea behind the Improvement Nerds Podcast is to invite guests onto our show and give them a platform to talk about the things that make them nerdy. And as they share their ideas, we want to explore the important question of how does that idea intersect with improvement? We're curious about multiple types of improvement, improvement of self, improvements made by teams, improvements made by organizations and communities of people. We even want to know improvement that's occurring at a larger scale, possibly with a societal impact. During each episode, we, along with our guests, will explore the topics that that person's passionate about. The things that, when they're doing them, make time pass without any effort. The things that seem more like play than they do work. The things that are possibly that person's true calling. As we explore the topics that make us and that guest nerdy, we'll explore the why behind that passion and understand the purpose that that idea is bringing to that person's life. We'll allow that person to teach us a little bit and share with us more information about that topic so that we can explore the idea for ourselves. Then we'll look at how that passion intersects with improvement. In other words, we want to know how that idea makes us better people, better friends, better employees, better leaders, better insert whatever role might fit. We're excited to have you join us on this journey as we and our guests nerd out. Hey everyone, this is Tom. I am beyond excited to be sharing this episode with you, episode three of The Improvement Nerds. I've got a special guest, someone who has helped me in my journey and has been there as a coach as I discovered um, you know, what my inner voice was and what um, my purpose was and really where I was going to be happy with my career. Um, Rachel Pritz is that person and today she'll be joining me and she'll be sharing a little bit about her background. She'll be sharing uh, how she's helping individuals who are looking for wellness um, and giving them a resource in the Enneagram. So as she talks about this tool, if you've been exposed to it, I think you're going to love it if it's your first time hearing about it. Uh, she's going to lay some knowledge on you that will help you have enough information to possibly start your journey to learn a little bit more about maybe what your type is and how that can help you uh, with whatever situation you might have found yourself in. So can't wait to jump in. I hope you guys enjoy. Here we go. All right. Hey, everyone. This is Tom with the Green Dot Group recording another episode of The Improvement Nerds. I've got a very special guest, someone who has helped me out tremendously in my professional and in my personal life. It's Rachel Pritz. I'll let her introduce herself. Rachel, welcome. Thanks, Tom. I'm excited to be here. So, and thanks for that nice uh, introduction. So, yeah, I have been, um, I actually work with Tom in um, the healthcare industry. So, I've been in healthcare for almost 17 years and took the leap about a year ago into my own coaching practice. And now I coach people from a personal and professional standpoint. And one of the tools that I use that we're going to talk about today is the Enneagram. So, I'm excited to be here to talk about that. Um, My background, a lot in clinical care. So, did about 10 years in clinical care, um, honing that craft and then I got bored and said okay I need to do something different learn something new was always interested in leadership so got into leadership and then um, just kind of took off from there got really interested in data and analytics and moved into informatics and more of the IT side of healthcare 
which was wonderful. I got to learn a lot. Um, During that time, I was being coached myself. And so I started seeing some really big transformations for myself through coaching and Mm -hmm. helping me get unstuck from some of the things that were going on even personally. Um, And so I really took off, which was really great. And then people started noticing and then they promoted me, which was really cool. And then it just got to the place where it wasn't enough. So I was ready for something um, even bigger and starting my own coaching practice and building that was something I was really interested Yes, and so many people can count their blessings that that was your path and that's the career that you pursued because I know at least personally um, using you as a guide as I started my own business was just tremendous and I can't think of how many people would probably say otherwise. I'm sure (laughs) everyone you've worked with would say the same thing, that you're a joy, you just have a lot of energy, and you could talk about what it was like to to be in these situations, and that helps a lot as a coach, and I know I valued that in our conversations. Yeah, well, thank you for that. I, that's my that's my candy, you know. Like, give me give me more. What else do you have? Because you know, like like most human beings, we suffer sometimes from imposter syndrome. So sometimes there there, you know, moments where it's like, am I doing the right thing? You know, maybe I have no business doing this. You know, all those you know limiting beliefs we tell ourselves. So yeah, and it's yeah. like the wind when you're in that situation. It's like that wind gets knocked out of you a little bit. That right. you find out maybe who you thought you were. Right. Uh, may not have been true and I know that's going to be something we talk about as we talk about your services and the thing that totally nerds you out and I'll just tell you that I had the wind knocked out of me I'm sure you've had the wind knocked out of you and sometimes you can't get that breath back without enlisting a tribe of people who love you and want to help you get that breath back and not just use that breath to return to what you are but to breathe that into a new life and you do that for so many people so this episode I hope speaks to their individuals and that they want to seek you out or seek people like you out and get that extra help to just be reborn and pursue their passions and get over those limiting beliefs a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's so interesting because if you would have told me this is what I'd be doing 10 years ago, I would have laughed in your face. (laughs) I was actually sort of a skeptic around personal development, self-development, all this stuff, you know, buy a book and it will teach you how to do X, Y, and Z. And I was like, I don't need that until I needed it, until I'd hit, I I would say rock bottom. I mean, I just didn't understand the purpose of life anymore. You know, I really Mm -hmm. wanted to, I knew I was here for a bigger reason than what I was, I was currently doing. And so I wanted to kind of tap into that, become my, more of my authentic self. I knew there was a woman in there that was just waiting to get out. I just had to figure out how to get her out um, and to do that in an effective, um, emotionally intelligent way. So, uh, so it was a journey. It's still a journey. I still have my own coach. I will never give her up. She is mine forever until one of us dies. So that's what I tell her all the time. So you're just going around jailbreaking people basically. Let's let's get out of this joint. Exactly. That's right. So, yeah. 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 So uh, in your introduction, you mentioned that you do the Enneagram coaching. Uh, so I know maybe the response in this question that I'm going to ask, but what mm-hmm. nerds you out? Yeah, so it's it's the Enneagram. So, and, you know, I think self-development in general does nerd me out. I was, I mean, I'm still obsessed with it. But four years ago when I started my own journey, I was obsessed with it. I mean, it was like I could, I could not get enough information, enough podcasts, enough books. I was constantly reading, probably not doing my day job in some, you know, ways because I was doing these things, but I was seeing such an impact on even my day job by doing, you know, all this personal development. So I stumbled upon the Enneagram. That was something that I was kind of a, 
add naysayer on too. So this was probably four-ish years ago, and um, somebody mentioned it, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Another personality assessment. I've done all of these. Great. I'll, I'll take the test. Mm-hmm. So I took the test. It spit back out that I was a three on the Enneagram, and I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, read a few things. I'm like, that sounds about right. Threw it in the drawer. And um, I just kept getting nudged. <laughs> I mean, it was like every podcast I listened to, books. I would run into people at Starbucks, and they would say, have you heard of this Enneagram thing? I mean, it was like hitting me in the face where I'm like, okay, I'll circle back, you know. Uh, And so I decided I was going to dig in deep. I was going to figure this thing out. It seemed really complex to me on the surface with all these arrows and wings and all these, you know, fancy terms people were talking about. And so I dug in deep, and I really wanted to understand the bones. I wanted to read a lot of different Enneagram teachers' methodologies because there's, you know, it's not all just one size fits all. And so I wanted to learn from a lot of different teachers. And then I started listening to people being interviewed and being typed. And uh, that was huge for me. So um, the revelation I had was that I'm actually a type nine. I am not a type three. And so I think that's also why I have it in my coaching practice because people get mistyped all the time because it's testing things we're asleep to. And it's testing the why behind your behaviors, not just your behavior. So it's sort of that deeper layer. You know, we talk, talk about Simon Sinek all the time, start with why. No different when you're talking about your own personal reflection and development. So um, so that's one of the things that I love about it is it really digs into that why. Uh, but you have to have some, um, some observation time and you have to have a certain level of emotional intelligence already to even know why. And so there was just, yeah, so much, so much observation time for myself. It took me about a year to figure out that I was a nine, Mm -hmm. but the beauty of that is that I got to explore all the types. And so now I knew all the other types are ways that people show up in the world and how they view the world, which is very different than the way I view the world. So it created this instant compassion for other people. And I just felt this grace for people. Their behavior didn't have anything to do with me in most circumstances. It was just their stuff that they're carrying. So when I could put it in those terms, it was just, it depersonalized it for me. And so I loved that. So I love the dynamic piece to the Enneagram. It's very dynamic. There's no, like, put you in a box and stay there. You can do that and stop there, uh, but there's so much more to it. And so... The other reason I love it is that it really supports growth mindset, which is a big thing for me. I used to actually be a fixed mindset person. Um, And thank you, Carol Dweck, for her wonderful book, um, Fixed Mindset versus growth mindset and so just separating those two things and understanding a growth mindset and what that means the Enneagram supports that and it supports everything we know in neuroscience right now like our our brains are actually malleable you know this like neuroplasticity is a thing and so we can actually train our brains to go in a different direction and change habits which I love I think that's so hopeful and reassuring Mm -hmm. um, especially in my line of work that people can make significant changes in their lives yes yeah and sometimes it becomes very obvious to them, the changes, but then there's other times signals that they got to learn to interpret and understand, such as you sharing the story about the Enneagram. There's a lot of tools that exist that allow people to self-assess and understand maybe their behaviors or their belief systems. Yeah. So it's likely you've been trained on a lot of those as a coach. But this one, the Enneagram just wouldn't leave you alone. I love <laughs> that you said like, just everywhere I looked, there were signals that this was the one for me, and that's one of those things that, at least in my journey, uh, you you taught me to pay attention to is, you know, what are those things that you're seeing or feeling, not thinking about, but like are experiencing 
go back to those. Those are important signals. And it was really interesting to hear that that's really how you fell into yeah. the Enneagram is it just wouldn't go away. It was yeah. meant to be yeah. your, your emphasis. And yeah. I, I think you did a wonderful job of explaining the tool, you know, what is it? I think there was a little bit of a, a backstory in the origins of this tool. So <laughs> I, uh, at least when you first mentioned it to me, I'm like, oh, you know, something new. <laughs> it's not new. Is it? Tell us a little yeah. bit about its origins, how it came about, and maybe go a little bit deeper on, on the tool. Sure. Yeah. So it's been around for thousands of years. The history is a little negotiable. So depending on who you talk to. Tell, tell us like the history in Star Wars. No, that would be hard. But it's it's, <laughs> yes. you know, it's been around for a while, and there's probably yes. multiple stories that exist. And right. You and I are right. Star Wars nerds. So. Yes, yes, <laughs> but, yes. Okay, I, could, exactly. I could do that. Yeah. I know yeah. you could. <laughs> Maybe I should have made that my nerdy topic. I that would have been fun. I know. Yeah. Well, this episode would have been like four hours long if we That's talked true. about Star Wars. This okay, well, true. then give us the actual history, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so like I said, you know, it's some, somewhat negotiable. Um, but the pretty little diagram, if you look up the Enneagram, is intentional and so that's the other reason I love it is it wasn't just something somebody threw together it was actually um, a lot of spiritual teachers a long 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 time ago that got together all from different types of faith origins so it wasn't just you know Christian or or whatever that looks like and they were observing people which we don't do a great job of in today's world because we're so busy you know it's like everything's just so chaotic we don't sit and just observe people so they were sitting and observing people and they came up with these nine types or ways to sort of view the world Mm -hmm. and so that's that's where the typology system started and um, they were saying you know hey there's some close connections here of things that people can turn on and off through different numbers you can look like different numbers in some circumstances that's the growth mindset piece of it so like when I need to turn on my eight wing I can you know Mm -hmm. because I've learned to do that and so um, then in the 1950s there was a psychologist that got a hold of it in South America and started putting it together with what we know about human psychology. So human psychology has only been around for about 150 years. You know, it's fairly brand new. And so they were piecing the Enneagram and what these spiritual teachers had learned and observed with human psychology. And they're like, hey, this is spot on. You know, this just feels really accurate to, to us. Yes. And so from there, that's just, there's been so many people that have dug in deeper, psychologists, um, psychiatrists, all sorts of people that really understand the brain. And um, they started, you know, just expanding on that. And, yeah. and then they interviewed so many people and they learned from that. And so then they added to the depths of it. So um, the levels of development is something that has only been around for about 40-ish years. Mm-hmm. And so that talks about how healthy you are inside that type. And so that's the other thing I really like about it is I, as a type nine, if I'm unhealthy or even average, I can look very different than I look when I'm emotionally healthy. And so I think that's a great growth path too for you to kind of check in with yourself. Where am I today? Um, and where, how am I showing up in the world and how can I improve that? So, yeah. Yeah. And I think that aside from the history and the scholarly work that has gone around it, there's mm-hmm. other tools like Myers-Briggs and DISC that has you take them, there's kind of a disclaimer across the bottom. So, you know, this is something that's not necessarily prescriptive. This is right. based on your responses in certain circumstances. But even with those disclaimers, as people take those, they validate it in the way that they feel. And as they read through those things, they're like, yeah, that's pretty true. Yeah. And I think outside of those things happening for the Enneagram, I'm sure the people, as you coach them, 
they're validating as well with this is pretty accurate and I feel that or I sense that or um, that's that's accurate and that is a limiting belief that I've had or or need to be more aware of right. kind of thing. So are you getting that response from your clients? How many people are helping to validate it maybe in an unscientific way but more <laughs> yes. of a personal yeah. connected way? And I think it's more, I mean, it's anecdotal feedback that you get where I, you know, we go through this guidebook that I created and we, I ask them some questions and I mean, people are in tears at times, you know, it's, it's really, um, things that maybe they've sort of suppressed and, and are coming up too. Um, and even when they start thinking about childhood and how they were raised, they can start connecting it there. Uh, but absolutely. I mean, I think there's, there's so much there just anecdotal, uh, not so science and, you know, coming from healthcare, I mean, I'm a, like that science was my thing, you know, yes. and yes. I've, and I've learned to, um, to trust some of that anecdotal, you know, evidence that we have, um, it doesn't always have to be hard numbers or data driven. So, yeah. yeah. You yeah. just spoke to my inner nerd. It was like you were saying quantifiable data and qualifiable data. So all the improvement experts and dorks out there are just now they get it. I just started yeah. to nerdier ways. That's really, I think that's yeah. a great way to view the world is yeah. um, not just these signals, but like hard data and then emotions. And uh, that anecdotal part is probably a lot about feelings. So I'm, yeah. in this, I mean, you talked a little bit about people as they learn their type and they walk this journey, um, things that may have arised in childhood. Mm-hmm. Is, and I know, uh, at least in my journey, as you and I had conversations, you asked me to think about life events that caused me to kind of try to fit in in certain ways or redefine what good looked like and that over time created a different like persona within myself so talk a little bit Mm -hmm. about this theory that you're two people you're you're authentic and uh, your social self so tell us what, what those things are yeah so your social self is really just the person that you've been trained to be and so you get lots of messages from your family of origin um from peers, from mentors, from job roles, all sorts of things, from your spouse, you know, I mean, you you get influenced um, as far as, you know, what or who you want to be. And so, um, so sometimes we can get pretty far away from who we are authentically because we've been socialized in such a way um, that now we don't even recognize ourselves. And so I think unraveling some of that, the Enneagram does, other tools do that as well, but unraveling, getting back to who you were born to be versus who the world told you you should be is really important. And, and we're never going to be fulfilled and, um, and really truly happy if we can't unravel some of that. So you can only push your authentic self down for so long before she or he starts screaming and says, hold on, something's wrong. Enter yes. midlife crisis. So, and that's where I get a lot of clients is in that space where something's really wrong and I don't know what it is. I, I can't even articulate what my problem is. Right. Yeah. And, and that's how you and I cross paths is, um, in, in some ways I prided myself on how, um, good I was as an athlete and that athletes succeed because of their mental capacity to endure pain. Mm-hmm. So I thought like, Oh, I've got mental fortitude. And then I, you know, followed footsteps that many people had before, you know, you had mentioned that you took the leap, you started your own business. I wasn't too far behind you. Mm-hmm. And as I took that jump, like I had emotions that I had no idea what to do with. I was afraid to admit that I was experiencing them. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure people listening to this can relate to, 
you know, I didn't believe, you know, anxiety was a real thing or those people who had anxiety, I never really understood them. And oftentimes that switch gets flipped when you try to shed yourself of that social uh, persona that you have and you start Mm -hmm. to move into your authentic self. It's like the social self throws the anchor is like a child in Target that you're not going to buy the little dollar car for and they, they <laughs> yeah. kick and scream. So yeah. do, you, do you see that has a common response when people take this journey on? For sure. So there's usually some type of a catalytic event that happens, especially when you're in, there's a change cycle when you're in square one of the change cycle. And uh, Martha Beck, who taught me to be a coach, um, talks about it in the life cycle of a butterfly. So like when a caterpillar is, is, you know, in its little chrysalis, it's just like a big pile of goo, right? It's just this icky pile of goo and it's, it's doesn't know which end is up, right? Like it's, it can't figure anything out. Right. And so then once it starts to form and things start to change and they get more into that like growing phase then it can start to feel a little more uncomfortable and then when you have to get out of that little chrysalis and you have to actually put like do some action and actually take the leap and and you know do something in a business that you're growing um that can feel uncomfortable again so there's this cycle that you you know kind of like okay now i think things are better oh wait what now i'm back here what's happening um and that's just growth i mean these are these are all good things to experience but they're uncomfortable for sure we just have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable i think that's a very accurate statement and also don't put a time limit on um on these events like oh i'm going to be uncomfortable but it's only going to last a little bit or it's only going to happen once that's you know you're trying to rush it and i think some good advice you gave me is this is a journey all these things that you're experiencing don't just walk past them but stay present in them and try to learn what it is that maybe you're afraid of or learn where you're trying to come out has your authentic self and validate that to be true. So I think that's good advice you gave me. I want to make sure I mention it is don't rush this thing, mm-hmm. experience whatever you're experiencing. In fact, in your newsletter today, that was, you were talking a little bit about hitting rock bottom and, yeah. and just giving people permission to stay there for a moment to take inventory and maybe why they're there. Yeah. Because if you don't, assess what's happening or maybe why you're in that situation how are you ever going to climb out of it or prevent yourself from growing through it the next time it occurs so your newsletter hit on that this morning and yeah. uh, i think it's a really important takeaway in any self-improvement journey and, and as we move in questions i know this isn't all about self-improvement this is got broad mm-hmm. application so we'll get to yeah. that question as well yeah. how this intersects with improvement but i have one more question why why the enneagram why does it nerd you out why is it a passion of yours yeah well first of all i think whenever you're a skeptic of something and then you're proven wrong um that's i I don't know there's something powerful behind that it taught me about my own ego and what i thought i knew um which which i clearly didn't so i already had these judgments around it that were not true so um i think i think it taught me a, a lesson there Um, and it was a, it was just a transformative tool for me. It woke me up to so many things. It changed my relationship with my husband. I understand him in such a different way, um, than I did when we got married 10 years ago. And so I think just the relationship piece of it, and then my ability to interact with other people Mm -hmm. in a really effective way 
that was a game changer. And so I don't have to know their Enneagram type, but I can know that they view the world differently than I do. And that maybe I could try on a few things with them that would be different than how I want to be treated, Mm -hmm. but it's exactly how they need to be treated. So I think for me, it's just done. It has made a huge impact on me. And then I see these shifts in my clients all the time. And so it just makes sense to me. You know, I've used other tools and I just don't see those, those major life shifts happening. So I think the Enneagram is just one, one way to do that. Um, but it's, it's got some legs. Like we need to dig into this thing if you're interested. So, yeah. I yeah. think it, 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 and do you share with your your clients that you work with them that you were a naysayer of this before? I do sometimes. You I know, that's I, pretty powerful. Yeah, I've been doing more of that, but even that I was a like personal development naysayer. It's like this is my, you know, this is what I do for a living. I build a business around it. Um, but yeah, I think sometimes that when we're naysayers and we're judgers or we're skeptics, um, sometimes we have to, you know, fall hard in order to open our eyes a little bit. And so now I just like I tell everyone, I just remain curious. Like if somebody tells me something new, okay, well let me dig into it and see what I really think about it before I make a judgment mm-hmm. on it and say it's not worth anything. I mean, I could have missed something really big and a transformative tool in my life had I just, you know, thrown yes. it in the drawer and said, whatever. Yeah. And I yeah. think a lot of people, when they encounter anything new, they're interpreting that new based on their past or how maybe they're programmed, right. their belief systems. And you got to be in a growth mindset. You got to be very intentional to have a curiosity about almost everything. So right. I think if, in you, what I'm hearing from your why is it's opened up your world to new thinking, to new people, to new relationships and even deeper relationships. It's obvious then that those things are all true for you. So of course you're in love with it. It's just, you know, helped you blossom and will continue to help you blossom. So in in some of what you were saying there, I heard quite a few implications in your own life that, Mm -hmm. you know, between you and your husband, it had applications there. It strengthened that relationship. Obviously, you've used it for your own self-improvement. You're using it for your clients' self-improvement. So we know in regards to improvement, it's, it's got those two things. It's mm-hmm. applying to individuals and it's applying to families. Are there any other contexts um, in which you're using the Enneagram for maybe improvement at a larger scale? Yeah, so I do some work with corporate clients just from a relationship standpoint, so especially on leadership teams. So um, bringing people together and learning the Enneagram so we learn how to treat the people around us and we kind of understand how they, you know, tick and, and what's going on there. That's been really helpful. I think just the increase in EQ alone mm-hmm is huge in organizations. And so, you know, if we can do that, the, you know, our IQ is pretty, pretty stuck, you know, you can move it a few points, but you know, the EQ, you can strengthen that sucker all day long. And so like you can become a bodybuilder, like on the EQ side, like you can really strengthen those muscles. Right. Um, and so that's what I love. And then I love watching teams interact in a better, more effective way. Um, I think from a productivity standpoint, that's huge. So, you know, I know in in the, you know, corporate world, we talk a lot about productivity and how can we be efficient, but you know, all those, those types of things. And how can we, um, you know, make this process better? Well, when you have a high EQ, you know, teams are going to function much better. So, you know, just when you think about my husband and I, like have, you know, adding even like, we're, I mean, we're a team. And so if we would have added, you know, more people to that team and, and, you know, I've coached some family through the Enneagram and that's helped our relationships. 
we're so much more effective. So, you know, and, and, and I think in general, we're just happier people, right? <laughs> like, yeah. cause we're not trying to f- just figure each other out. We have a prescription now on how to kind of treat this person, you know? So yeah, I mean, I think the EQ on the, the business corporate side is huge and it's tough to teach that. And so people have to put some effort in there for yeah. sure. The individuals do, um, but having a framework for that with the Enneagram, I think is really helpful. Yeah. And I think, Somewhere along the way, I, I've read that EQ is the next competitive advantage and that really it's something that allows the organization to team better. Um, Google did a bunch of research. They're calling it psychological safety. Well, it's hard to participate in, on any team if you don't know yourself first. So the Enneagram right. does, it sounds like in your engagements with organizations, right. it really focuses on sample size of one, that individual and helps them to understand who they are and how they view the world first before they go outside themselves and try to interact with others. Exactly, that's right. And so I like to call, we talk about self-awareness a lot on EQ, but I like to call it self-wisdom because awareness isn't enough. Yeah. So the awareness is just, okay, that's great, I know, um, but now what am I going to do with it? And so I think when you get to a place where you're truly wise within yourself, that's where we want people to be. And then that's how they start creating those better relationships and um, improved relationships. But yeah, I think the first step is always the self, the self wisdom, which takes some time to your yeah. point earlier. Like you can't rush this stuff. You, you really got to take some time and dig in deep. Yeah. In, in some ways, like I don't want our listeners to think that this is all about leaning in because when you practice this wisdom and you grow as a person, in some ways you may be able to assess your relationship with work or your circle. And in some ways you may be making decisions to walk out. And I don't want people to think this is all about know yourself so that you can endure whatever situation you're in. Know yourself so you can make decisions about what kind of situations you want to create for yourself in, in your future. Absolutely. Yeah. And I coach a lot of high achievers. So I get a lot of threes and eights on the Enneagram. And so um, they can come to me exhausted because they have tons of energy and they're pouring everything into their work or whatever that looks like. And they come to me and they're like, I can't do this anymore. I'm just absolutely burnout exhausted. And so it's really helpful for them to understand why they feel that way. Like what, what was the message or what's the message that they've received throughout life that makes them feel like they can't put their feet up, mm-hmm. you know? So, so, and, and that, you know, threes and eights are a lot of CEOs and companies and, you know, and so yes. it's just fascinating to figure, you know, have them figure some of that out and unravel some of that for themselves. So they realize that the only value they bring to the world is not just working 24 hours a day, right? right? Like they, they are valuable first. So yeah. 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 And that's a, almost another episode that I need to create with you is this um, war on burnout. Yeah. And, you know, there's this focus on productivity and creating value. In some ways, it's becoming detrimental. And I know outside of working the Enneagram, you do a lot of uh, organizational coaching and facilitating to help them understand maybe where the burnout's occurring, why it's occurring, and what they can be doing about it. So I know that's another passion of yours. Yes. Um, and thank you for, for one, um, your background working in nursing and all the, the patients that you cared for and the sacrifices you made to invest in that education and to do that strenuous work. And I know because you were in those shoes, that's a certain segment that you really focus on is nursing. And I know there's probably other groups of people that are experiencing it too, but I know nursing and the, the concern of burnout is something that you, you're really passionate about. Yeah, that's right. And it's interesting because coming from healthcare, we talk about burnout all the time in nursing and in physicians or providers. 
mm-hmm. but it's everywhere. Okay. So everywhere I go, I hire, I've done some work in higher education, big burnout problem there. It's just everywhere. I mean, drive down the road and look at the people next to you and they look miserable. They're driving into work and they're miserable. And this is not why we were put here. We were not put here to live in misery. I right. promise you that. Whatever you believe, whatever your belief system is, yeah. it, we were not put here for this. And so, yeah, it, I mean, it is a problem. It is a personal mission of mine to combat the burnout crisis. Yeah, and you're such a warrior in that. And um, thank you for leading that charge and for all the people that you've helped in those roles to learn that they have a voice and to advocate for themselves so that they can advocate better for mm-hmm. patients and um, I know that you're making improvements not just for the nursing, but for the patients that those nurses serve. So that's that's tremendous. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah. So I do. I want to uh, know. I'm curious. What's been saving your life lately? So I could <laughs> I could say something small like coffee sometimes does save my life. It could be that simple, right? Um, but I really think so. I've been going to Orange Theory for about the last three months, and I love it. I had some injuries recently, broke my ankle about a year and a half ago. So I really honestly never thought I'd be able to run again. Um, and I'm not a big runner, but there's something about it that I just love. It's super motivating to me. They play like some gangster rap in there sometimes, which I can get on board with, you know, so it's, it's, it's great. But yeah, I go to three to four times a week and I have tons of energy. I don't need as much coffee when I'm going there, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I I found community there, which is surprising too. And yeah, I'm just, I'm I'm all in. I'm one of those people, but I was a naysayer about that too. So yeah, there's a, there is a theme here. I've learned a lot um so yeah the, I, you know I had a bunch of friends that were going and I was like I don't know I'm not interested in that you know and it's like yeah yeah sometimes we just have to stay curious and try things and I yeah. did because I've learned that lesson the hard way so yeah yeah, yeah. and I think with, with that I think it's funny your theme is that naysaying and for at least what I've known of you is that you always um allow yourself to to say yes when you're afraid but no when like it's a an f no like yeah you know on this you've been super sweet so i want to thank you for not you know dropping any f bombs it's hard for me i I didn't i figured you didn't want that explicit tag on the yeah yes because rachel Rachel. fritz is here (laughs) so yeah yeah well i can say hell can i say hell yeah you can say hell so yeah if it's if it's not a hell yes it's a no i mean i think that's a a theme for me you know so when when somebody asks me to do something and i'm like that's not a hell yes no you know so learning just to say no and it's a it's a Full sentence, right? No. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So I, I do want to know, and I'm hopefully, um, you know, reaching out and getting information for the audience that they probably would ask for anyways. So people who are listening to this and you've lit the fire in them, and they're curious and they want to know more about the Enneagram or start their own journey. How how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, so you can go to my website at rachelpritz.com. There is a way to contact me through there um, or set up a, just a quick 20-minute phone call so we can chat. I'd love to just chat and meet new people. I have a call with a guy from Brussels um, later this week, which will be fun, so talking about the Enneagram. Um, so that's one space. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn, so I do lots of work on LinkedIn, and so um, you can always send me a message there. I'm on it 
fairly frequently, so I would see that message. Um, and yeah, I just love to connect, and especially with local people in Indy, I love grabbing a coffee and learning what people do, and kind of learning what makes them tick, and what they nerd out on as well, so yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I see uh, like a blue ocean strategy, like the Enneagram and uh, RIT type training, that rapid interval training, like you're going to blend Orange Theory and the Enneagram I into one, do one thing. Yeah, I just saw somebody on Instagram, there's a lot of like memes on Instagram around the Enneagram, um, some of them are completely false, but they're funny, um, and so somebody was talking about fitness and the Enneagram, and so they connect, and I was like, I was just thinking about this in Orange Theory, you could totally connect yeah. these two, so it's so funny, and what, what fits for you is with your personality, so yeah. it's just interesting. Yeah. So, so basically, she's willing to try anything to help people discover themselves, but That's enter exactly. a whole new market. Exactly, yes, yes. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for your help in my journey. Um, I would recommend you, and I do recommend you to so many people. Uh, you're just level-headed. You ask the hard questions that most people really don't want to answer. Uh, but because they've been asked, they may not answer it during the coaching sessions, but they do think about it, and it gives them that opportunity to discover maybe um, the, the truths or the untruths. A lot of what yeah. you helped me do is realize I told myself stories that were completely made up. Yeah. And I'm sure people listening to this, they're telling themselves the, these same stories. That we are all do made it. Up. Yeah. Unless you're, well, yeah, yeah. I don't, I've yet to meet a single person that, that doesn't do some storytelling. So yes. yeah, for sure. Yeah. I would yeah. say the, the greatest thing you gave me was to change the way I talked to myself and, um, you know, I know you'll do that for whoever reaches out. And what I hope is that this message rings true for a lot of people and that you become um, a part of those people's lives and help them to help me the help the help them the way that you helped me. Um, and I can't thank you enough for that. Well, you did the work. So that's the key message here. You did the work. I just asked some questions, right? So yeah, yeah, I, you have to give yourself some credit there. Yeah. So, yeah. so you hear yeah. it here first. I do work hard and and then. <laughs> Uh, you will too if you reach out to her. She's not going to do it for you. She'll ask you the hard questions that you need to answer. So uh, thanks again for coming on the episode. Thanks, Tom. All right. There you have it. An overview of the Enneagram from Rachel Pritz. I've loved this conversation. I hope you've enjoyed it as well. I hope that she's inspired you to look into the Enneagram and to include it in your own journey to consider it if you work with teams, as a way to help those teams understand the motivations of one another's behaviors and that person's background and to gain appreciation for that and to even use it as a tool at an organizational level to um, allow leaders to understand in their backgrounds, their own belief systems, as they are often the cadence setting of an organization. And it's really important for leaders to have this awareness as they oftentimes are the ones that define culture. So just an amazing tool. I'm grateful that Rachel came on and talked to us about it and all the ways that it's being applied. Um, in there, she shared some of the resources. She shared ways to get in touch with her. Again, um, she's an executive coach. She's a personal coach. She's wonderful to work with. I um, can contest to that. And as she said, you know, she could be found on LinkedIn. Uh, she could be found on her website, www.rachelpritz.com, um, would be the best ways to reach out to her. So if this motivated you, if this is something that's got your wheels turning, um, use it as a platform to, to build on from. Um, short episode, we're not going to be able to cover absolutely everything in the Enneagram. It's 
large and it's expansive, but hopefully it was something that added to your current understanding of the Enneagram. Hopefully, if you've not been exposed to it, this was something that motivated you to gather resources and uh, dive into this and to find out if it's a fit for, for you and the journey that you're on. All right. Well, bringing this to a close, can't thank you enough for um, your participation, your support of this idea. And um, I hope to continue to have great episodes just like this going forward. So thanks again for your all support and be well.